Back again for our 36th NCBI Labs live event. And with technology ever changing, we've still got plenty to talk about. In fact, this week we're going to be talking about a few different subjects. We have some new developments with the talkback feature for Android phones a little bit later on to let you know about in the return of our tech news section. A couple of interesting changes there that makes things maybe just a little bit easier. We're going to talk about that briefly a little bit later on in the show. We're also going to be talking about another one of NCBI's latest developments. You might have noticed that Sean, Sean Dorn has been missing from a few of the live events recently. Well, he's been one of a number of people on the team who has been working hard on our NCBI website, our new NCBI website. Now, we're not talking about just a little bit of a facelift here. The new site is packed with features that you'll find useful and we're going to be giving you a little bit of an introduction to the new website and talking about some of those features on the live event today. As well as that, we haven't had a, a video demonstration for a while, so Daniel Dunn has been putting that right. He's been looking at the Blind Shell Classic phone, an interesting option for those who want maybe a mobile phone with both buttons and speech, and we'll be looking at that in a little bit of depth later on as well. Just a reminder that if you have any questions on any of the subjects that we're going to be covering today, please do send them in to labs at ncbi.ie or you can use the question panel on the right hand side of the screen if you're connecting through um, Microsoft Teams. Now, with so much on the show today, we're going to get straight into it. And first up today, we're going to talk about the new and definitely improved NCBI website. Welcome back to the team, Sean. You've definitely not been taking a break from the sound of it. No, uh, we're all working away in the background. Lots of people in labs and lots of people in communications were working together with our Strive who helped us develop the new website. Yeah, it sounds like it was quite a, a big project. All right, tell us a little bit about maybe why the, the new website was needed. Well, um, overall, like we needed a, a sort of a more user friendly website, more clearly laid out, more easy to find information quickly as well as having it sort of in a structure that, you know, those pieces of information were easier to find. Like um, you might be new to site loss and want to go straight in to find out about site loss conditions. Uh, maybe you want to make a referral or you want to buy something in the shop. We want to make that as easy to find as possible, visually and with a screen reader. So that was kind of like the design objectives almost of the, the new website, was it? Well, design objective wise, definitely. Um, you know, clear, easy access with accessibility in mind, uh, complete ease of use, and as well as adding a whole load of new func functionality to the website. Uh, mm. So de def definitely we wanted to make it as user-friendly user as possible from everyone who is not sighted to sighted and kind of everyone in between. So we're yeah. really, really working hard to get it kind of up to everyone's standards. Yeah, absolutely. And it must have been a, a, an awful lot of work because there is so much content on it and so much functionality as well. So how long did that actually take to to plan and then to develop and get to the point where it is at the moment where it's live? Well, it was, it was the best part of a year and we, we had to take into account, you know, the certain lockdowns and uh, COVID restrictions, which, which kind of did set us back a bit. Uh, everyone was working differently when, when, when these things happened and 
well, the entire organization found its feet again and the project was always motoring away, but it was a huge undertaking in terms of even data from the old site being moved over, creating new content for the site and just getting everything working. Uh, so like I said, best, best part of a year for us to kind of get that. And we're, it's still ongoing in terms of we're still making it better. We're still trying to make it, you know, if, if we find any sort of accessibility issues, we're, we're fixing as it go. Like we've so much work went into that there that uh, I don't think people would, would, would realize how, how much goes into that, but we have the website to a standard now which we want to maintain and if we can find anything else that we're, that's in lacking, we're more than happy to get that fixed. Yeah, yeah. It's actually quite interesting just to to hear how, how long went into it because I think that kind of applies across the board as well. Sometimes when you you see something that isn't working, it's it's easy to sort of spot the flaw, but actually for the, the whole solution to, to come into play sometimes actually does take a lot of time, whether you're talking about a website or even technology, sometimes the development that's going on in the background can take a while to come to fruition. And like we're, we're, we're building some stuff from the ground up in terms of like we wanted the menu structure to work well with screen readers and it wasn't working the way we wanted initially and we did a lot of research into it and what would be the best standards and we couldn't find another website that would have as high standards as ours have now like we, we know service users are, are fantastic and you know if you're a JAWS user or an NVDA user and yeah insert F7 you get all the links up and you're able to kind of find what you want but we wanted to make it that even someone who was a new someone might be new to a screen reader that you know, who's just swiping left or right in their phone or just down arrowing on a on a keyboard. We want to make sure that it worked that way yeah. also. So someone yeah. who might only be learning the first two or three weeks how to use this technology, want them to go onto the website and have a good experience. And then also people who know all the tips and tricks of moving through websites quicker with uh, virtual keyboards or like I said like link lists or when you, when you insert F7, we wanted to kind of cover as much basis as we could so there's a lot a lot of work went into that there and like the the menu structure i think is, is very good now and it, it's, yeah yeah it's it sounds like there's kind of a number of layers almost that you're kind of looking at it from maybe a, a, a computer screen reader perspective and then you're looking at it from phone access and then you're looking at it from how logical is the general layout if somebody has a vision and then you're looking at it from another perspective <laughs> it sounds like layers all the time it is and like even like like browsers will interpret websites slightly different uh, it's more standardized now but if there's anyone out there still using like internet explorer like it mightn't work well with new websites and you know internet explorer isn't you know it isn't recommended to be used anymore um yeah. but that's the kind of thing like you try and make it work as with as many modern browsers as many operating systems and you, you test for all those things so there's a lot of testing goes into it yeah. testing on multiple phones testing on multiple um you know like macbooks pcs just to see how it all renders because a website could slightly render you know, a table a different way than another. Like, the information could look slightly askew. So we go through all that, make sure the padding is correct and it's going to visually look nice for anyone looking at the website and also behave in terms of logical reading order for someone using a screen reader. Yeah, so like that, yeah. that, a, a lot of work went into that, but also a lot of work went into building features like my NCBI, which we can discuss a wee bit later and, um, yeah. you know, like events and just how we like, how the news, is structured yeah. on the site in terms of blogs, podcasts, news and events, things like that there. So a, a lot of work did go into it. Yeah. So after kind of a year's worth worth of very hard work by the sound of it, when did it actually go live? When was it launched? 
We launched we launched about two weeks ago now, so it's still kind of early days. Everything seems to be going fine. Um, but any feedback is welcome because like it's 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 not launched very long. We spent a year going through it ourselves, but anytime someone else who hasn't seen the website, it's it's, fre it's fresh eyes, fresh experience on it, and yeah. so we'd welcome any feedback. Yeah, absolutely. So if anybody hasn't been onto the website in the last couple of weeks, get onto the website yeah. and uh, feedback any observations. Great. Tell us a little bit more now about some of the the features of the the new website. Now we're we're going to maybe have a little bit more of an in depth look at my NCBI in a future live event, but maybe even just give us a, a bit of an overview of what what my NCBI is all about. So my NCBI um, is basically like a login for the website. And you know, you would go to the My NCBI section of the website and you'd log in or register. So like your email address, a password. And then what would happen is when you've registered, it would send a validation email to your email address and you go and you, you click that validation email, which will then register your account. And then when you return to the My NCBI, well the, the NCBI website and back to the My NCBI section, you just log in with that uh, email address and password that you've used. And that'll log you into the website. And then it'll last for things like your address and billing address. And that's in case you ever buy anything in the shop or, you know, it's, it's kind of connected to our database. If you change your phone number on the website, it would let us know that your phone number's changed and that would automatically change in our records. Yeah. So it's, it's a good way of, of, of you know, if someone moves house or they, they get a new phone and they log into my NCBI, they can update their personal details from there. Yeah. Which, which is then actually updating our database for contacting people. It's kind of something that's more and more common these days anyway, isn't it? It's like if you go on to most websites, you have um, you have some sort of a, an element which it takes it takes a bit of time out for the, the user. It kind of reduces the amount of time you spend putting in these things time after time if you are going to buy something, for example, or any of those sort of things, doesn't it? It does, and it helps you keep track of, like the MyNC will help you keep track of things like um, like I said, your account details there. But like, if you order anything from the shop, yeah, there'll be a section for your for my orders within my NCBI, and you can see things you've bought through the shop, or if you've joined events through the site, which we can speak about in a wee bit. Also, it yeah. will kind of it, it will have a list of your events that you've joined, and if if you donate towards the site, because like there is donation features on the site that it will keep a record of that also. As well as like we'll 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 be adding like training and volunteering and advocacy information into that also. But like the my NCBI login is going to be very important definitely down the line when we do yeah. release the smart hub. I know Kyron and Alan were sort of talking about that before to people and I think Kyron was on the live event uh, last year saying about the Alexa and Google skill that will be coming sometime yeah. this year. And you know, a my NCBI login would be key for that for that to work for that to work correctly. Very good. So it's kind of taken quite a, a big long-term approach as well, tying in some of these different projects as well. That'll be exciting to see how that works. You, you mentioned there about events. What are we talking about? What sort of events are, are going to be on there? How how will they work? Well, like, like as you know, like NCBI and its different departments would have a myriad of events throughout the year like you know the children's services would have things like learning through play and advocacy would have like peer support groups and even like in technology we have like the the tech clubs like we can announce tech club events or people who are, haven't already joined they could like RSVP to join and that way we could then contact them and give them the information but 
there's two types of events. There's like RSVP, so like you know something you're you're interested in joining. You want you want to apply interest, and then also if there's like a fundraising event or a ticketed event, you can join yeah. the event and pay for the ticket that way, and then the ticket gets emailed to you. Okay. So yeah. The, so yeah. go on. So so like any type of event that will like that can be created, we can create on the website. You can join it or you can buy a ticket for it, depending on what type of event it is. And I said that will go to your my NCBI, um, my events, or if you, so a ticket will be sent to your to your email also. Yeah. Okay. So when you go onto the NCBI website, then is there kind of a particular section for events, and you can choose from a broad variety of yeah. things? How does that how does that yeah. work if you want to yeah. find an event? On on the homepage itself, there's an event section, uh, which will have a list of kind of all the events, um, mm. and that's. That is put on a carousel, but for a screen reader, we can just go through headings and we can jump to each of those um, events headings yeah. on on that homepage. It's quite easy to navigate. Yeah, very good. So that's kind of easy to find a new event. And as you say, that ties in again with your uh, my NCBI setting. So really useful. And even if you even if you are navigating like with down arrows on the website and you got to the to the menu, there's a supporting you section. And you'd like there's a there's a hidden button just next to that, and you'd activate that with spacebar, and it would expand a submenu, and you could go down, and it would say things like children's services or adult services or technology, and each one of them will have a, a hidden button just next to them, which we get by down arrowing in spacebar to expand, and each one of them will have a, a an events page in there also, so you can actually jump straight to like technology events or children's services events that way. Ah, uh, really good. So really easy to find the, the relevant events that will be of interest to, to each individual service user. Brilliant. Absolutely. So all of that is connected to my NCBI. You you mentioned some of the steps just before about setting up an account. How difficult is it to set up an account? It's, it's, it's quite it's quite simple. So when you log on to the website and you navigate to my NCBI, it'll bring you to a login page. If you have yeah. a login already, you just log in. You can click Remember Me, and it'll remember you every time you visit the site. If you haven't, you go. To, if you haven't registered before, you just go to the login page. There's a site. There's a sign up uh, link in there. Mm. You activate that. Like I said, you fill out your name, address, some details. It sends a validation email off to your email address. You validate that by clicking it within your email. There's a link inside your email. Then you just go back to the website and log in from there and it, it, so, it, it's, it's fairly yeah. simple. Yeah, good, good. So easy enough to, to be able to access. So obviously with, with some of those features, some of them are, are quite new. The idea of uh, an NCBI shop though online is kind of maybe a bit more familiar, but can you tell us a bit more about how extensive the shop is? Yeah, so we, we've kind of increased the selection of stuff that can be purchased online so we still have what we're calling a daily living section and that was the stuff you would have purchased on the website in the past or maybe you, maybe people who call Breda uh, in Kilkenny all the stuff yeah. Breda would have sold like uh, liquid level indicators and bump bonds and all the yeah. stuff that we sold on the website in the past but we now have added technology into the shop so some CCTVs, digital magnifiers, laptops, um, you know, things like even OrCam and all that there will be sold on the website also. 
So if yeah. anyone's from yeah. anyone's familiar with the technology, they can get it. They can get it there. We'll also be selling low vision aids like uh, what, what what would be like the you know, your your old fashioned glass magnifiers or your um, anti glare glasses. So people yeah. who would have people who would have had an assessment in the past with a community resource worker maybe bought you know like like a ruby colored pair of anti glare glasses or an amber colored and they might have lost them or might just want a new pair. They can then yeah. go to the website and purchase that pair there also. Brilliant. So in a lot of ways, it sounds almost like a, a, a bit of a one stop shop for for anything that you might need. And it, it is expanding because within that shop section, we have a supporting us section. So like a fundraising, we're selling like T-shirts or things like that or mm. high vis jackets that can be purchased through that section. And the next coming weeks, we're going to add in some retail stuff. So like when our retail shops want to sell things like furniture, we can actually sell it through the website also. Oh, very good. So yeah. it, will, it will become a multifaceted shop and it will be growing and the same thing. We're hoping to get feedback on how the shop goes also. Yeah, brilliant. So you're really talking about a very much expanded um, website as it is. But what else can be found on the website? We've talked about a couple of the bigger features. What else can be found? Well, the why, why, why website is really good is because we have things like information on site loss. If you're new to site loss, you should be able to go into NCBI and find the information that you need to find out about that particular site loss. And we wanted all that there and, and easy to find. Or if you're making a referral for someone who has site loss, whether that's, you know, yourself, a family or friend, or even like a, a professional, like an ophthalmologist can come onto our website and make a referral for someone. Yeah. So, so they're kind of like, you know, features that we wanted to have. So it's not just information for people who know about NCBI, but who will also be new to NCBI. Yeah. And then we have all the usual kind of, uh, we have all our podcasts up there, our live events like this will be saved up there also. Lots of news, lots of blogs. And we hope, we hope it's all easy to find and, fa and fairly accessible for everyone. Yeah, very good. So, so, so much on the, the new website. Definitely something for people to maybe check out for themselves as well. It, it'll probably take a little bit of time for, for people to even see the, the amount of stuff that's on there. It's easy enough to navigate but because there's so much on there. Um, maybe set aside a little bit of time and explore it. Yeah, that would that, be great. If people could just like have, have a, a look around the site, see how to feel about it and, you know, the website's getting bigger all the time and mm. uh, we're adding as much as we can when we can. And, yeah. we, and we do want to add more. So we just want to kind of get feedback. Like it's always useful if someone, like if there is an interesting news article or there is an interesting podcast, people can share the link to the website. Yeah. It's, it's always good to actually share the link of the website rather than copy and pasting the contents of it because that might bring people to the website and they might find out more information by exploring the website themselves. Yeah, 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 good point. So if somebody's wanting to check this out, just remind us of the website to make sure that people are getting to the right place. So it's www.ncbi.ie. Very good, so nice and easy to, to get to. Well, really appreciate you coming on the show for uh, giving us a bit of an introduction to the new website. It certainly sounds like it's gonna be a great resource and a lot of work has gone into it. So thanks very much for that, Sean. No problem at all. Brilliant. So actually what we want to do now as well is to kind of lead on from that part about the, the new website. We want to actually spend a little bit of time on one of the new products that's available on the NCBI website, which is the Blind Shell Classic mobile phone. 
So if you've been looking for both a, a talking mobile phone and one that has a, a proper keypad, proper tactile buttons, well, the blind cell or the blind shell classic is one such phone. So to coincide with it being available on the new NCBI website, uh, Daniel Dunn has put together a demonstration video that we're going to play now, and then we might just have uh, a brief chat with Daniel after the demonstration video as well. Hello and welcome to the NCBI Labs live event. And Daniel here with you from the Labs team. And today we are taking a look at the Blind Shell Classic mobile phone. So this is the box that it comes in and we're going to unbox it here now and take a quick look at what this phone has and what it does. So quite simply, we'll just take off the outer label and we're going to open the box. And here is the unit that comes with it. So to describe the phone, it's very, very similar to the old style Nokia's that we had back in the good old days. You have your physical tactile buttons here and you have two menu buttons uh, below that, your answer call and hang up and which also doubles as your power button. And in the center of these buttons, you have your up, down, left, right joystick and obviously then your standard buttons with the number five with its bump on raised to give you an indication where you are on the panel. So also in the box, so that's the unit itself. Also in the box, you get your, you get your charger and your cable, and it's a standard uh, USB charging cable. The one now I have is a European plug, but um, you can get your UK, Ireland uh, three pin plugs with it as well. Uh, so it's just a standard USB type A cable that any of the modern base Android phones use. Also, you get the headphones with the inbuilt microphone. And also in the box, you get these stickers, which are, which are QR code stickers. So you can attach those to different items, I guess, around your house and um, assign those to a label using the software that's on the phone, which is quite easy to do. So it's a very novel idea that it will use the camera's phone, which is on the back of the phone there. And you can use that to scan these codes. So if you have particular items, maybe medications or something like that, and the camera will pick those up and identify those for you, depending on what you label them. Also, when we're looking at the back of the phone, we also have an emergency SOS button, which you can have uh, to call uh, a particular number if an emergency uh, that you need somebody rather quickly. So we're going to take off the cover of the phone at the moment and we'll have a look. So it's a little groove at the bottom left of the phone and allows you to remove the cover. And we got our battery here which I am going to, my nails are quite short, but hey, there we go. We've got the battery out. In here you have a capacity for two SIMs, which is quite good. So if you needed um, a second phone number to work off the one handset. And also in here you have your 
a micro SD card if you want to put that in as well. So for saving photographs. Um, your 4G SIM, which would be your internet connection, the one that you're going to use your mobile data from, that will be going to the SIM port one. And obviously SIM port two for voice and text messages. So we're going to pop in the SIM card next. I have got myself a little Tesco mobile 4G SIM. So I'm just going to pop that out here now. Break that out of its cover. And we're down to that. So we'll pop that into SIM port one. I might have to make it a wee bit smaller and I will. So we'll take it back a step. These guys just pop out and you're left with the micro sim which fits in perfect you know just make sure i have that the right way around uh it's telling me to put the notch put the notch up to the top left so we'll do that so the notch and we push it in and that's firmly in okay so we've got our sim card in um ready to go pop that back in the battery and um, we'll click back on the cover nice little light cover um actually i like the material they've used on the back cover uh, it's not um you know it's not shiny it's a kind of a matte rubbery finish so it has a bit of grip in your hand so we'll turn on the handset now give it a good charge so so here we go and we get the blind shot and it plays a little bit of music just to let us know it's loading so it takes a couple of seconds to come up okay so this is our first screen that we're going to get so one of the features of the phone is every time you navigate through the menu, it will announce for you what you're on. Messages two of nine, contacts three of nine, more applications four of nine, settings five of nine, status information six of nine, manual seven of nine, three new notifications eight of nine, turn off the phone nine of nine. So it's quite simple. You have... um nine uh, sections of the menu all relating to the different functions of the phone and also you if you get familiar with the menu you can just tap on let's say a corresponding number to jump to a position in the menu so let's say i press the number one, one it brings me straight back to the call menu so that's uh, very handy so again number messages, two, two text messages so I hit the number five there, we go to settings. So it fully announces um, what's happening uh, as you navigate the phone. So if you are, if you are um, low vision, you have the text and the symbols on the screen to indicate where you are. Or if you have no vision, obviously the audio feedback will announce where you are on the phone. And that is done 100% throughout the phone. So no matter where you are, and what you're doing in the phone there's uh, there's audio feedback there so let's um take a look at what else is in here um we 1 20 p.m we, thursday the 3rd of september 2020 1 of 5. so we 
push the up arrow on the joystick and that will give us the information on the phone. Wi-Fi state, connected to Vodafone 2F2A, signal strength 83%, 2 of 5. So, um, we navigate right then and it tells us we are connected to the Wi-Fi. It tells us how good our signal is, um, which is great because you don't want to be using all your mobile data in certain situations. So you can use um, home Wi-Fi. Signal strength, 25% 3G. Carrier, Tesco Mobile, Mobile Data Enabled, 3 of 5. So it tells me that I'm getting 25% quality reception on 3G, um, which isn't too bad. Battery state, 68%, 4 of 5. And the battery. Bluetooth disabled, 5 of 5. So you also have Bluetooth enabled on um, availability on this phone if you want to share files and things like that. Cool, 1 of 9. So... The hang up button will always bring you back, a quick tap of that will bring you back to the home position in the menu, which is your call. And so if we want to dial somebody, dial contact one of four. we can hit the green button, it will give us a dial of contact. Dial contact one of four. Dial number two of four. So dial number and we have the OK button in the center, so we're just going to press number. on that. So as we type in the number. Zero. Not sure if I have credit on this. Let's try it. Dialing. Okay, I have got to get some credit. So that was a brand new SIM I have. Um, I've tried out. Okay, so now we're going to dial the phone in. I'm going to dial it from the other phone here. Okay, so we get the ringing there, and obviously we go with our green phone to answer, or to decline the call, we go with our red button. Okay, so I've added my name in as a contact, and I'm going to ring it again. And now you can see, instead of number, my name comes up on the screen. So I've gone in uh, to the menu system and I have enabled um, announce who's calling and we'll ring it again. Daniel NCBI. Okay, so now it announces that I am calling. So that's the three ways that uh, the phone can alert you who's calling. Obviously, if you don't have somebody in your in your contacts list their phone number will just come up on the incoming call if they are a contact of yours their name will be displayed on the screen and you can also go in and switch on announce who's calling so it will announce uh, who's calling you there another feature of the phone that we're going to explore is the voice uh, control so in the top left button if i just hold that in What is today's weather? There are more possible actions. Weather, one of two. So it's loading up the weather. It brings me straight to the weather Current on the menu. Weather in Atana, temperature, 18 degrees Celsius, light rain, one of six. 
Okay, uh, looking out the window here today, it's rather sunny, so perhaps there's just an odd little shower on the way. So again, hitting that um, hang up button will return you back to the start of the phone and Messages two of nine. we'll try out the text messaging. Write SMS to contact one of six. So we'll send an Tesco SMS. Mobile, one of four. Tesco Mobile, two of Daniel NCBI, three of four. Okay, we'll send a text message. Text. So again, um, the audio feedback is incredible, and if we go Cap capital H D E J K L J K L M F O space hello. So after typing in the word and pressing space, it'll also read back the whole word to you as well as the individual characters as you type. Also what you can do here is you can invoke uh, text, uh, speech to text input here. So we'll hold down our button. How are you today? And if we're happy with that, we go here. How are you today? Okay, so I've done a mixed um, input on the message here. I've typed it and I've also voice input it as well. So I think for some people, they will um, hold down that voice input to convert their speech to text and send that off as a text message. So we'll just press the OK button. Send message one of three. Okay, so we press the send message. Message sent. No. Write SMS to contact one of six. So that's how you send a text message on it. So if you wanted to send an SMS to somebody who's not in your contacts, um, you can send that through that second option. Write SMS to multiple recipients, three of six. Again, you have the facility for group chat. Conversations, four of six. Uh, so conversations there will be your text messages that you have received. Drafts, five of six. If you began typing a message and didn't, begin, uh, didn't get a chance to finish it off, you have the drafts. Messaging settings, six of six. And there are some technical settings in there to do with your with your messages. messages. So that's the messages contacts folder. Contacts, contacts then. List one of six. So contacts list will read out everybody who's in your phone book. It's a good idea if you are entering. New contact, two of six. If you're adding in new contacts to get your get your spelling of the first name and the last name quite good uh, because if you do want to go back and use voice control maybe to call somebody um let's see, take a demonstration of that here now i listen after a beep call daniel ncbi call daniel ncbi dialing daniel ncbi okay so that's using the Contact. That's using device command to call somebody from your contacts list. Also, if you did not have them, uh, if you didn't have somebody in your contact list, you can dial the number direct. So, I listen after a beep. Call 1-800-123-456. Call 1-800-123-456. Dialing. Okay. So again, you can dial. 
You can dial numbers directly um, from the voice control as well. Single button dialing, three of six. So single button dialing. So you can assign uh, regular contacts, I suppose speed dial. Uh, you can give your people in your contacts list um, a number. So if you long press on the number two or long press on the number three, it will call the corresponding person that you have. So you could have, let's say, Mary is number two, John is number three, Fintan is number four, and so forth, so forth. Import contacts from file four of six. If you're migrating from an old phone, it may be possible to import your existing contacts. Backup contacts to file five of six. Or if you want to upgrade this phone in the future, you can save your contacts list to a file and then export it across. Contact settings, six of six. And in there, you can customize um, how your contacts are displayed. Contacts, three of nine. So that's the contacts. Four applications, four of nine. In here, we have more applications. Tools, one of six. Email, two of six. So you can do email. Media, three of six. You can listen to media. Books, books uh, you can also load up um, some ebooks onto an SD card pop them in the phone and uh, listen to them back and also you can at the top of the phone you have your USB charging connection which you can uh, also transfer files into that port too games five of six. there's also some games vision aids, six of six. and the vision aids earlier at the top of this piece we mentioned the QR codes and so you have color indicator. Two object tagging, three of four. The object tagging, that's where we had the the QR codes from earlier on. So you can pop those on various things and use the object tagging then to label them. And the camera then can scan those and read back to you what they are. Flashlight, four of four. And the all important flashlight. Object localization, two of four. But we'll do localization here. So I was going to contact the GPS and try and get my location. Now I am indoors, so it may not be that accurate. And it should come back Morning. in. Obtained location is inaccurate. For better results, try again in an open outdoor area. Okay. Now address found, one of four. Precision, 1,000 meters, two of four. Send message with position, three of four. So I'm indoors at the moment. It, it was not able to locate me. Um, if it was outdoors, that would locate me. And it gives me the option to send somebody a text message with my location. So if you had a family member come and maybe to pick you up at some position, um, you, can, they, you can get that to them in a text message and they can find you easier. GPS 52837499N. No address found, one of four. Okay, so that's... The, the localization. Localization, two of four. Object tagging, three vision aids, six of six. So that's the vision aids in, in the applications menu. Uh, as mentioned earlier, More the email is in there. Settings, five of nine. So we'll just go through the settings menu, a quick rundown. Sounds, one of nine. So the sounds, um, you can set up. Profiles, one of six. Different volume, profiles, the volume. Six. Melodies, three of six. Voice Vice output, so speech rate one of six. You can change the speech Voice rate. Variant, two of six. The variant, plenty of options Voice in there output, to explore. Of Sounds one of nine. Keyboard two of nine. Keypad lock one of four. 
Reading during deleting characters, two of four. Repeating during writing characters, capital letters signaling, four keypad lock, one of four. Keyboard, two of nine. Options there to um, style how the keyboard operates for you. Display, three of nine. In here, you can customize the display. Brightness setting, one of five. Screen timeout, two of five. Color scheme, three of five. Color scheme then would be of interest. White on black selected, one black on white not selected, two of four. So you've got four schemes in there that you can choose from. Uh, again, to for low vision users, they might prefer a different uh, color contrast setting there. So we've got our white and blue there. So we come back out of that. Again, your networks where you can turn on and off your mobile data. You can customize. You can simplify or leave the full menu mode on. Phone menu, date, time and time zone, six of nine. Now your phone will automatically pick up the date and time from either your Wi-Fi or your 4G and apply that. But if it, uh, if you wanted to customize that, you can go in and change Language, that there. And um, one good thing about the blind shell phone is there's regular updates that are pushed out and you can use this to download and install those. Um, they're adding in new features constantly to the phone. So definitely worth um, checking that maybe every so often to see what's new coming down the line. Settings, status information, six of nine, manual, six new notes, turn off the phone, call, one of nine. So that's um, getting back around through the menu. The rest of the options there are rather self-explanatory. Contacts, more application, tools, one email, tools, alarm, one of minute timer, two of ten. So you have alarms and timer. Stopwatch, three of ten. Stopwatch. Calendar, four of ten. You can put items on a calendar. Notes, five of ten. Take notes. Voice recorder, six of ten. You have a voice recorder. Calculator, seven of ten. Calculator. And the unit converter. Weather, nine of ten. And the weather. Translator, ten of ten. And there's a translator in there. So they're the tools, one of six. They're in the tools menu that are under more applications. Email, media, books, games, vision aid, tools, one of six. More applications, four contacts, messages, call, one, turn off the phone, six new notifications, eight. So getting into the media section on it then. Music player, one of six. Music player, which will play back any MP3 files that you might have stored on your SD card. Internet radio, two of six. You have internet radio. YouTube, three of six. YouTube player. FM radio, four of six. FM radio, and I presume you have to have your headphones in for that. Camera, five of six. So the camera, again, we'll just have a quick look at that. So it gives this ticking to alert you that the camera is on. I'm just going to move in. An item here to take a photograph of and we just press in the center of the pad save image one of two so if i want to save the image, view image two of two. and view it save image one of two so we'll go with save record a short description now tesco mobile card image has been saved okay so we come back out with that. Camera, five images, six of six. And we go into our images. Camera images, one of two. And we okay in that. View all, one of two. Image one of 
So that's a pretty cool option. I've um, taken a photograph of that and it gives me the option to voice tag or voice label that uh, photograph. So for coming back and reviewing your photographs later, it's uh, excellent to uh, know, have that little description of what it was about. So a very handy feature um, that is built into this blind shell phone. So that's just um, a quick overview of this blind shell phone packed full of features and they are constantly adding new features as i said through the updates but in fairness for a little device that sits in your hand very slick it is impressive and fully accessible to anyone whether they're low vision or no vision it's definitely worth checking it out so thank you for watching and if you require any more information on the Blind Shell Classic Phone, please do get in contact with your NCBI trainer in your locality. Uh, thanks very much for putting that together, Daniel. It, certainly the, uh, the voice sounds very clear and it seems very logical and straightforward to use. Um, definitely, and there was so much to go through there in the options of the phone. Um, you know, I, I kind of did have to skip over a few bits and just to kind of really get in and some of, some of what I think will be the most popular features on the phone. Um, and as I said there at the end, um, they, they're constantly updating phones, so they are adding more and more uh, bits and bobs to it. Um, you know, so this, yeah. the thing like I liked about it there was that uh, device tag in a photograph. So. You're out, yeah. you're, out, you're out and about and you're after taking a couple of photographs and you have the option to stick in a little voice description of what's in the photograph. It's great for when you're back later and you're reviewing yeah. those or, e or even in a, a couple of weeks down the line, you're going back, gosh, what were those photos I took that day? And you have your voice yeah, tag yeah. option there as well to read those back. Absolutely. It seems, seems really good um, phone, very functional. Was there any other kind of functions that, that you wanted to mention about the, the Blind blind Child Classic? Um, well, uh, now that that uh, piece was recorded actually uh, a bit back. Um, so since then they have released an update and have uh, included now the Telegram um, application, which is an instant messaging program. And it works, um, I suppose, uh, similar to maybe like a Viber or WhatsApp and that that you can that you can send uh, instead of text messages gone, you know, through the mobile network, they're actually going through the internet from app to app. So somebody with, uh, you know, another phone with Telegram can receive messages and send messages to you. So that yeah. has been included um, in, in one of their more recent updates. So yeah, that, that just wasn't when I was making that video at that time, um, that that update hadn't quite reached us yet. So, but it yeah. has since that has been made. And it's actually kind of bears out what you were saying at the end of the video that there's uh, regular updates and uh, there's a lot of features being added. So that's mm. kind of just proof of that, I suppose. Yeah, that I was actually in that short space of time it's happened. Yeah, I was actually speaking to a, um, a service user who, who um, just discovered a small little quirk in, in accents, accessing something and he actually emailed um, the manufacturers and they were fairly quick back with a mini update as well, just to fix a slight little bug that he had discovered. So um, it seemed to be very responsive, um, you know, to any any minor issues or any suggestions, I suppose, uh, to be taken on board and that to, that to do push out updates quite yeah. regular. So yeah, very good. Which is seems great. Like 
seems like a great option. We mentioned that it was available on the NCBI website, which is great to have such a, a good um, a good option on the on the website. What's the cost of the Blind Shell Classic? Um, the cost on that, I think, is two seventy six euro, bef uh, which includes VAT, but before delivery. So. Um, I think that was the cost of two seventy six and a couple of cent. Um, yeah. So it's it, it's okay. it's just gone back slightly a bit more expensive recently on account of the VAT going up. Yes. So yeah. I put, I put an extra couple of cent onto it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I suppose for for service users to have the option to um, to um, claim their VAT back if if they if they can, so uh, that yeah, could yeah. be an option for them as well. Yeah, and uh, considering the price of so many phones these days, one that's so functional, if, it, if that's what you need, that's a, a great option. So yeah, really good to have that. Thanks very much for putting that together, Daniel. Appreciate that. No problem, Jude. Thank you. Very good. So definitely a, a phone worth looking at if you want both speech and a keypad. And uh, you saw the different functions that were, that were available there. Really good phone, and of course, for anyone interested in knowing a little bit more about that, if you if you want to contact your local technology trainer, as Daniel mentioned in the video, or you can contact us here at Labs, of course, as well, and uh, you can find out more about that if you go onto the the new NCBI website, and uh, there's a, a few more uh, bits of information on the Blind Shell Classic phone in the shop as well there. So sticking with the subject of phones, just before we finish up today, we have time to mention a little bit of tech news to do with a, a new version of TalkBack. Actually, Sean, tell us what's new about TalkBack. Well, before before I talk about that, I think the voice of the blind child sounds so clear because it's using the Google Android voice. Mm. Um, one, yeah. which, which then leads us into yeah, talk, yeah. TalkBack have had um, a lot of um had a, had a, will have a big update recently. They've moved to Talkback 9.1, so this is a this is a major update. A lot of changes have happened in it. Um, a lot of functions have changed and how how it works has changed, but it sort of works more closely to how the iPhone works. Okay. Like in the past, where on the Android you'd have to swipe up or down to change, like from headings, links, and default um, navigation, etc. So if I swiped up to headings, I would swipe left or right then to move through headings. I would have to keep swiping up until I got back to default to go back to my normal navigation. Yeah. So people weren't used to that and found that a bit clunky and I can definitely agree with that. So now Android have changed and they have a similar system to the iPhone's rotor, but it's more like a list. So instead of putting two fingers on the screen and turning a rotor, if we yeah. swipe up and down quickly, we move down through that list. If we swipe down and up, we move up through that list. So if I swipe up and down on the screen quite rapidly, it will change the headings. I can swipe up and down, it will change the links. I swipe up and down, it can change the containers. And okay. once once it's landed on one of them, I can swipe down then to go through that or up to cycle back up through them. And then left or right will always be our normal navigation. So that's it is a major change. Um, it makes it much more akin to what people are used to on iOS. Now, I much I much prefer Android phones personally. I know we we had this debate, and I think me and Daniel, yeah. people think we technically lost it last time, but <laughs> I, I think we're I think we're bouncing off the ropes like Rocky Balboa now on this one, and that's uh, we can come out of the corner fighting because this 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 is a big change. This is making it much more user friendly. And it's making Absolutely. it much more sort of universal that if you had an iPhone and you're used to 
how to how to do that. This is quite similar. Yeah. And yeah. I actually prefer Android because if I have Talkback on, I can like do an an L swipe and go straight into the menu and change things from there, yeah. rather than an iPhone of having to go to settings, then go down to accessibility, and then into VoiceOver and change it. While while the VoiceOver while, while Talkback's happening on Android, I can go in and configure things from there. Yeah. There is there obviously is more options when you go into the menu similar to iPhone, but there's quick access to a lot of things. And they've now added in what they call a hide feature, which is similar to screen curtain. So if I swipe up and down on on that list until it gets to hide, I can just swipe down to turn on hide and then I can swipe up and down quickly to, to maybe to put it back on headings and then uh, my screen is turned off. I'm using yeah. the phone as normal talk back. If I want to, I can just swipe up or down rapidly until I get back to hide and then swipe down to turn it back off. Or, you know, you can you can leave that in your list and just swipe up and down whenever you want to turn the screen on and off. Yeah. Much like a rotor control, whatever you have left on last, you know, it'll it'll, it'll be there for your up and down swipe. Yes, so that, yeah. that, that, like I actually am really excited about this change in Android. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. It sounds as if it's added both sort of extra functions and it's refined the ones that are like the method of using it like you were saying the equivalent of the rotor is not yeah. necessarily adding extra functions as such it's just making it easier but then you've also got extra functions like the the equivalent of the screen curtain the, the hide feature there exactly it's quite um you know it's 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 just it's, it's sort of have parity now between the two devices yeah. you know this is on that and that's on that but they've added um a voice search feature and I've only actually figured out how to turn it on in my one. I haven't practiced how to use it yet, but uh, you can swipe up and then right and it'll open up kind of like a list and then you can swipe down to voice search, but you can also go into your settings and create a gesture for voice search. Yeah. And when you use voice search, you can like voice search the screen, like you can actually go to a location on the screen by your voice or um, there's controls for like copy and paste by voice, so it's add, it is adding yeah. a lot of features into Talkback. So they are actively now looking at it and trying to improve it. So I really think, you know, more people are back using uh, Talkback. Um, you know, you can, you can get cheap Android phones. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's well, I, I personally think there's more apps available and more you can do on um on an Android phone. Now, there is. There's arguments for both. Apple are good because, you know, everything's confined and it's kind of like that nanny state thing where you know when they have it on, it works. They've rigorously yeah, yeah. tested it and you have that kind of security. I like to be a bit more adventurous and go, oh, I'm going to configure this <laughs> this way. And and sometimes you can break an app or sometimes it might work the way you expected it, but I, I kind of like that freedom. So I've always kind of swayed towards Android for those things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds really interesting. And again, if you've got the kind of parity, as you say, with the functionality and how easy it is to use it, it ends up coming back to just personal preference in, in a lot of ways then, I guess, because like even you mentioned there, the equivalent of the rotor, some people might kind of find that rotor movement kind of turning a dial on the screen almost a little bit hard to master, whereas a swipe up and down might be a little bit easier for some. Oh, definitely. It's, it, it is actually easier to do. Like yeah. once, you once you master the rotor, it is also easier, but it is that initial thing of it takes using that rotor a little bit of time to get used to. And this is, you know, swipe up and down or down and up and you're moving either yeah. way through that list. So it's yeah. it's very it's very easy to get used to. But everyone's always going to have a preference. Like if you've been using an iPhone for 
four or five years, you sort of know the menus off by heart, you know how Safari has things laid out. And when you go to a different environment, that's it takes a while to get used to. But once you get used to that, it can be equally as equally uh, as rewarding. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Well, it's definitely a, a big bit of uh, tech news for us. Um, definitely could be a bit of a game changer for for uh, TalkBack and Android phones and Android accessibility. So really and good if, to. If people that. want us to go a bit deeper into that in the future, we can do we can do like an in-depth yeah. review of it. Yeah, that sounds good. So let us know if you if that's of interest to you. If you're um, listening to this and thinking you want to find out a little bit more about the, the new TalkBack features, do let us know and we'll uh, cover that in a future live event. Appreciate you mentioning that to us, Sean, and uh, taking us through some of the main features of the new TalkBack. No problem at all. I'm like a, I'm like a Dublin bus. You haven't seen me in ages and I've been here twice today <laughs> now in, a, in a row. <laughs> Monopolising the show. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> well, good to have you back. Thanks. Thanks for that, Sean. No problem. And uh, so that that pretty much wraps up the show for the week. You had Sean on at the start. You had Sean on at the end. You, you'll never get sick of Sean, of course, with the the, uh, the news that he's got for us. So just a reminder, of course, um, if you want to a bit more of a hand with any of the subjects that we spoke about today. Well, you can get support from the labs team from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday on 1850 or you can email labs at ncbi.ie. Or if you want to avail of NCBI uh, services in general, then you can call 1850 334353 or email info at ncbi.ie. And if you'd like to make a donation to support our services, well, you can do that as well by visiting donate.ncbi.ie. And maybe you'd even like to sponsor one of our live events. Well, you can do that as well by contacting labs at ncbi.ie and that can help to keep our live events going. Just before we go, just a reminder of what we'll be talking about in future live events. So we're going to be talking about uh, Sky and their accessibility features. Again, we flagged that for a couple of weeks. We do have that coming. Stick with us. We'll have that on. I think you'll uh, really enjoy what's what's coming with that. So that'll be a, a good one to to stay tuned for. We're going to be talking about the new show and tell feature with Alexa as well. And uh, we're also going to be talking to the founder of a new international gaming group focusing on gaming from a sight loss perspective as well. So all of those subjects are coming up in the in the coming weeks. Reminder that our next show is next Tuesday, March 16th at the usual time of 2.30 p.m. And if you want to stay up to date with what's happening on our live events as well as plenty more, you can subscribe to our, our uh, newsletter on our website or you can email us at labs at ncbi.ie if you'd like to be added to the, the list there to, to receive our technology newsletter. Plenty of uh, really good tips and news in there as well. So all that's left for me to do this week is to thank our panel today and of course to everyone listening in as well. From me, Jude Marr, and from JP Corcoran, Daniel Dunn and Sean Dorn, goodbye for now and we look forward to having you all back with us next week for another NCBI Labs live event. <laughs>